Welcome to the People of Pathology podcast. I'm Dennis Strank. On this podcast, I'll be speaking with the people who are doing interesting things in pathology and related fields. We'll hear their stories and learn about their experiences directly from them. And my guest today is one of those people, my friend Elise Gray. Elise is a pathologist assistant, a writer, and an artist. She also has a fairly popular Instagram page. Today on the show, we'll learn a little bit about her background and how she became a pathologist assistant. We'll learn about that Instagram page and what she's trying to do there. And we'll talk about the book that she's currently writing. This was a fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Elise Gray, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dennis. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, so I'd like to start off uh, with a little bit of your background, kind of how you got into the field. So sort of tell us about your education. So I started out as a psychology major in undergrad. And once I graduated, I really didn't know what to do with that. Shortly after, I met my husband. I went back to mortuary school almost immediately after I moved. And I did that for a little while, got a mortician license, hated it, but I was really interested in the embalming aspect. I was also working part time doing transplant tissue replacement while I was working at the funeral home. And then I went to do that full time for a while and while I was doing that, I was hanging around the medical examiner's office. We had a tissue procurement suite at the medical examiner's office where I would get to observe a lot of autopsies after the pathologist. Then I realized, hey, I want to do autopsies as well. So we went to medical school. An online pathologist friend said, why don't you go be a PA? So then Okay. So what was it like working uh, with uh, transplants? Was that, was that interesting? Or? Oh, yeah. We got to see all kinds of bodies in all kinds of conditions. And while I was doing it, I really wondered about some of the pathology we'd see. It's pretty intense. I think it's really helpful for other people. Bones, tendons, veins, parts, valves, things we recover are all really wonderful things. Um, right. Okay. Okay. So then after that, you, you went to PA school. Then after graduation, you went out and you got a job as a PA. How was that? Yeah, it was great. I worked for a wonderful community hospital with great PAs, and we got to do autopsies, which I loved. And okay. that for seven years, and just recently I started research because of a series of personal events. Okay. Let's switch to your uh, Instagram page then. Um, I've noticed, and that's uh, at uh, autopsy.pathology, correct? That is correct. Okay. And I've noticed about your page, um, it, it's a little different than the usual uh, forensic pathology type of page in that it doesn't really have the... Uh, it, it's not just going for the shock factor kind of thing. You're, it seems like you're trying to teach people and you're 
you discuss different funeral and burial customs from around the world, actually. What, what was sort of the inspiration for that? Well, I've always been fascinated by this stuff, and I, I like teaching people, uh, and I really wanted to share my knowledge of funeral and as well as mythology. Um, I, I don't do it for the shock value. I do it because a lot of people have questions. People are curious. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and I want to oh, do absolutely. it in a respectful way stories people can relate to and you know because it's not just about ritual and violence you know there's a there's a family behind this and body there's a person the life try to be respectful right but at the same time also like so I think a lot of people feel that way so I, people feel they, they can ask the questions and they feel like kind of a safe place to talk about some of their own issues, like their deaths in their family and their friends. Okay. I've actually, there's an interesting story. Um, a guy, I can't remember what country he was from, but um, it was his girlfriend who asked me about, um, it was the, uh, what is it called? Autoerotic asphyxia. So they found her boyfriend died by hanging, and she knew he wasn't suicidal. And they, the family, kind of covered everything up and didn't tell her what really happened. And but she knew that he didn't kill himself. So she asked me, like, "Well, Kate, does this sound like a suicide to you?" And I'm like, "Well, I'm not a forensic pathologist, but it really does sound like." be an autoerotic association. Have you asked your family about that? I know it's a sensitive topic. It's like, no, I hadn't even thought about that. I didn't know what that was until you posted something. So she asked the family and they said, yeah, that's what it was. So that really, really helped her. Like, it took a huge burden off of her. You know, her boyfriend didn't commit suicide. It was an accident. And these things happen. So in some ways, I feel like we help people sharing this stuff so they can talk about it. Okay. Does that happen often on your page? Do, do people reach out and contact you, comment on whatever you've posted? Yeah, occasionally. Um, I get people who are trying to recover from drug addictions. I, I mean, I try not to judge that. Um, I, I really think drugs are, drugs are a problem because they're so good. <laughs> I, I don't do drugs, but they're so good and that you don't want to do anything else. And I try to relay that, you know, with when talking about drug overdose deaths and a few drug addicts have come to me and say, you know, hey, I really like you really understand me. Like, I'm really trying to recover. And I just try to encourage them. And a lot of people talk about suicide, too. And I think that's really an important conversation in today's world because you hear a lot about it in the news with celebrities and press. People just sometimes feel like they can't reach out. But, you know, if you're talking about it and you're open, people will come to you when they have issues. And I really try to encourage people to find meaning in their life through 
and it's kind of crazy. It's a page about death. Right. But, you know, when you, you know, talk about real things instead of, like, you know, just violence or glamour, I think people really open up more. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you find some of the stories from different parts of the world? There was one uh, recently, I think it was from Trunyan in, in Bali. How do you how do you find those stories? Well, actually, that one, um, one of the followers sent me a link to it, and they said, hey, I'm from Bali. You should check out our burial customs, and I was obsessed with it for, like, an entire day. I was reading all about it. Oh. Um, there's a place in Bali, Tanyan, where the villagers leave bodies out to decompose instead of cremating them, as is the custom of most of the island of Bali. Okay. And yeah, they put bodies out in tents that are made from bamboo until they're decomposed, and then they move the skulls and bones to an altar in a remote area. And this has become kind of a tourist destination in the past few years, um, but the villagers kind of see it just as their custom. It's not really spooky to them. It's part of life. Right. So it's really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, it's it's interesting in that it's so different from, you know, what we're used to here. And yet for the, for those people, it's completely normal, like you said. Yeah, and I think maybe to them, what we do with our kid here might be strange. I was really involved when I put them in the ground and cut them out on an altar. Right, that's true. Everybody's got their own customs, and it's kind of cool to learn about that. Yeah. And I, I learn something all the time, too. It's not just I know everything. Like, I, I really love it because I learn things. Right, absolutely. People are always sending me stuff. Oh, this is so fun. You know, you mentioned earlier of you enjoy uh, teaching people. Have you ever taught formally, or is that something you would like to do in the future? Um, I do lectures at uh, school events. Um, there's like a local medical society where I'm from that um, they have me come every year and talk on a panel about. It's, it's a bunch of different health professionals who talk about the professions and to educate the students. And then they have a dinner and all the students can ask me questions. So I, and most people don't even know what a pathologist assistant is, so I think it's a great way to educate students. Yeah, definitely. I also want to do middle schools, which that's always fun. Um, they have so many great questions. And they're not afraid to just be very candid. And it's kind of funny. They, they'll ask these questions, and the parents will be in there. And the parents will be real quiet. But then once after the students start asking questions, the parents join in because they're really curious too. But it really takes the curiosity of the children to bring it out of the adults because they kind of have to suppress what they're asking those questions. Oh, sure, yeah. But once they know Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And the youngest person I've taught was uh, one of the doctors at my old work. One of his children came in for 
spring is how to work day, so she came into the gross room and I taught her about the appendix and she said, Oh, it's the appendix, it's not the kind in the book. <laughs> like, yes. And she was kinda grossed out but at the same time she thought it was cool. Oh. That that's fun. Yeah, that's that's a neat story. And I really pride myself on one of my greatest accomplishments at my own job was the fact that we taught all of our accessioners and uh, summer interns. Whenever we get a whole specimen, we teach them about it and let them help us and just show them all kinds of cool pathology things. So four of our accessioning techs went on to become PAs. And... There's another one who's currently trying to get into PA school, and then three of them went to medical school. So oh, wow. I think that's like my greatest joy. Yeah, it was it was a great learning environment for them, and I'm just happy that they were inspired to continue their careers in medicine. Yeah, as a result of what never. Yeah, that's great. That's a great feeling to uh, inspire someone like that. All right, so let's let's move on to talk about uh, the book that you're currently writing, which is going to be called "Death It's a Living: A Guide to Postmortem Professionals." Yes. All right. So in the book, uh, you've interviewed a number of professionals in the field. So let's start with it includes uh, Dr. Jan Garavaglia. Now, I read on your on your website on your blog. There's a really funny story about how you met her. Can you? Can you tell us that story? Yes, it's a very awkward situation, right. but I share it just because I'm hoping maybe it will encourage other people to go and meet their heroes because she was one of my heroes. And I uh, tell this story because so I met her at the American Academy of Forensic Science Conference. She was in a lecture room that I was in, and I got very awful. Oh, it's Dr. Jean. I had to meet her. So in between lectures, I went up to her, and I was very nervous because it's my hero. What do I say? Right. And I just blurted out, Dr. G, you're on my fridge. <laughs> and she just hit me And she's like, well, do you want a picture? <laughs> so someone so of us and she as she took the photo, she's like, You're shaking and I was because I was so nervous. And I was like, Oh, thank you and I walked away. I was totally embarrassed. And when I when I said she was on my fridge, she was on my fridge. I still have a picture of her on my fridge. Back when the show Doctor G Medical Examiner was running on Discovery Health. Sure. You could write to morgue where she worked and they would send you an autograph discovery health photo of dr g oh wow and, uh, i'm honored you like my show so i've kept that on my fridge ever since i received it and, uh, but it was probably a little awkward just to tell her that straight up with no Anyway, so I said, okay, well, I guess I blew it with her. But then I saw her again at another lecture a little later. And uh, I had some PA 
parents who were there, and they were um, all excited to see her. They were gathered around, and they're like, "Oh, we should, we should take a selfie with Dr. G in the background." And I said, "No, no, you're going to take a picture with her. I'm going to take the picture because you, I've already embarrassed myself in front of her. So I went, I drug him up there. I said, Dr. G, meet my PA friends." <laughs> And then they started talking. It was a good, good dialogue. So that was a little bit better. And then I saw her third time at the end of the conference. It was the last day. She was walking to her car in the parking lot. I was with one of my friends. And one of my friends also really liked Dr. G's show. And it was part of her inspiration to go into pathology. She was a pathology resident. Okay. Oh. I really want to meet her, but she's so far ahead. I'm like, no, you're going to meet her. So I ran up ahead. I caught up with Dr. G. I said, Dr. G, can I buy you a drink? Because uh, some other people at the conference told me you have to drink it. So I thought, well, you know, offer her something instead of this. She just laughed. She said, oh, no, I've got to get home. And I said, oh, well, meet my friend. And so I introduced them, and they started talking about pathology, and she was very encouraging, and just told her her story for getting into pathology. And then she turned to me, and she's like, do I need to change the locks on my door? Do you know where I live? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she was kind of joking, but I was like, oh, well, I guess I blew it. <laughs> but at least a lot of people got to so, right. a couple of years went by, and I started writing this book, and I really wanted to interview her for the book, but I'm like, oh, no, I totally made a fool of myself. I can't talk to her. But I went, and I, I did it. I talked to her. I asked if she would do an interview, and it turns out she didn't remember me. So, you know, you could embarrass yourself, and people won't even remember. So it was okay. And she's a really, really kind person. It was it was really great talking to her on the phone and for the book. It's just very humbling that she would do that. I mean, yeah, I just have all the respect in the world for her. Yeah. And even though I made a fool of myself, it turned out okay. So. That's great. Approach her. So. Yeah. All right. So, uh, have you always, uh, or how long have you been a writer? What was the sort of how did you get the idea to write a book? Well, I have always been a writer, um, but since I've had the Instagram page, a lot of people have asked me, well, how do you get into these professions, and what's it like working them? And I realized, hey, I think these people need a book. So that was my inspiration to start. And then I realized, well, I'm not an expert in this, so I need to maybe get some advice or interviews from other people different fields okay. and then it just turned into this whole thing like, oh I'm gonna interview a ton of people that's what I'm working on now okay and it's been fun I've met a lot of cool people so how long have you been working on on this project about three years and I am not anywhere close to being done it's a long process but it will be good once I'm done uh, I've interviewed people from all kinds of professions, from morticians to uh, medical examiners, like Dr. G, and 
Judy Melanick mm-hmm. is another medical examiner. She's been instrumental in helping me with this book as well. Okay. Uh, she has a great book called Working Stiff, which is about her time at the New York Medical Examiner's Office during 9-11. It's a really good read. I recommend it. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. She's been very helpful in giving me advice for writing. Oh, really? Okay. Producing content. Yep. Well, that's And cool. I just am very hopeful that her kindness as well. Um interviewed people who work in museums, uh, Brian Matthew Cohn, who's featured on the show Oddities on Discovery Channel. He is known for making exploded skulls, which were a fishing tool back in the late 1700s. So he apart the skulls at the bone to show medical students were going blind. And he does that ancient art with modern day skulls. I've talked to a forensic dentist. And oh, okay. Um, now, in the book synopsis that I was reading, it, it says that you are um, trying to approach things as sort of from a female perspective. And what was the idea for that? I mean, other than obviously being a female. But uh, why did you want to take that angle? It seems like a lot of women are drawn to deaf professions these days, and it's a relatively new phenomenon, and since I started writing the book, I've noticed it, so I've taken that angle just because I think it's a a cultural shift that's in the last maybe 20 years or so didn't exist back in the 80s. For example, there were maybe 40% of women made up mortuary school classes in the 90s, and now it's over 70% in many places. Um, when I went to school in the 2000s, it was about 50-50. So it's growing and changing. Um, you also see that in forensic pathology. A lot of women are drawn to it, and I wanted to explore why that is. And it turns out there's a variety of reasons I get into it more in the book. Okay. Uh, can you give us just, you know, one or two that you found, maybe? Sure. I think a lot of it has to do with um, women are very empathetic and they really want to help. Um, they want to be a voice for the decedents. They want to help families that are in need okay. during grief. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, all right, so it's going to be another couple of years. We'll have to wait for the book, but it sounds like it's going to be a great read. Yeah. All right. Well, Elise, this has been a great conversation. Thanks very much for uh, coming on. Sure, thanks so much for having me. Great big thank you to Elise Gray. The title of her book is Death, It's a Living. A Guide to Postmortem Professions. Now, as we talked about in the interview, this is still a work in progress, but if you'd like to get updates on her progress with the book, uh, you can go to her website, which is writerwithascalpel.com. You can sign up for her newsletter, and you'll get updates on the book as she goes along. Uh, you can read her blog, which is where I found the 
uh, story about how she met Dr. G. Also, again, her Instagram page is at autopsy.pathology, which has something like 130,000 followers at this time. As for me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at People of Path. Uh, and let me know what you think. This is our very first episode, so I'd like to know what people think about it. Um, and let me know if you have any ideas for future guests. Full disclosure, I am a member and the CFO of the American Association of Pathologist Assistants. This show does not necessarily represent the views of the AAPA and receives no financial support from the AAPA. Thanks very much for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the People of Pathology podcast.